Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated hand-cooked Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're great. The Doug Gottlieb Show comes to you from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection. Over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, guys. Um, I do something. I, 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 I troll people in my mind, and I don't do it. On social media, I don't know. Does that make any sense to you guys that I troll people? My, uh, there's two runners on with two out in the bottom of the eighth inning. Angels taking on the Cardinals. And I just think it's funny. Like, look, I know the Angels are a bit of a mess in terms of the, probably going to lose Shohei Otani at the end of this year. They haven't. Mike Trout's been in the playoffs one time. But they're actually not bad so far this year. They're like 17 and 14. And uh, if they can hold on and get a third out here, they can they can sweep the Cardinals in St. Louis, uh, which uh, I think would give them what wins in four of their last six games. I know, excuse me, six of their last eight games. Like that's a good little run for them. Anyway, my point is like that's a you ever do that like a personal troll like ooh yeah this is to all you guys who hate my angels, but I wouldn't tweet that because nobody actually cares. How bad are the Cardinals, though? I mean... <laughs> Why are they so bad? I don't know. I mean, they've got a lot of good players. I, I don't know. They've had a tough, real rough start to the season. They got swept by the Dodgers at Dodgers. Now they're just getting hammered by the Angels. It's just at home. 
Yeah, Yikes. I mean, you give up 11 runs to the Angels. Yes. Right? We, we, can, we can talk about the fact that Nolan Arenado's not hitting, right? Or Goldschmidt. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Nobody gives a Schmidt. I used to do a segment on a radio <laughs> show called Nobody Gives a Schmidt because Goldie, when he was in Arizona, he was like arguably best hitter in baseball and nobody cared because it was Arizona, right? Um, but yeah, they, they really can't hit. I mean, that's a, that's a problem. And if you thought their hitting was bad, yeah, the pitching's not particularly good either. They blew right? a 4-3 lead last night and got booed. Um, in St. Louis? Yes. Worst record in the National League right now. It is crazy. Crazy. And you know, our guy, Matt Holliday, he was going to be their bench coach this year. And he, he actually has talked about this on other podcasts and how he just, you know, since COVID... Uh, he's just been around his family a ton. Obviously, his uh, older son Jackson was number one pick of the car, of the uh, Orioles, and he just he decided you know not to do it that he wanted to be with his family and maybe do it a different time. Like, man, did you dodge a bullet? He's like, yeah, I can't believe that they're not any good. Like, they're really not good, really not good. And it's one of those places where, like, everybody always says and they're right like it's a great baseball town but sometimes when you're in a great baseball town and things go bad it's like extra bad you know like it's not that much to dig out of this hole but it feels like the weight of the world when you're nine and a half out and we were at may 4th I mean, it's crazy I saw uh, something on the Brian Cashman of the of the Yankees. I guess they're seventeen and fifteen. Yeah, to, don't give up on us, right? Yeah. I said, don't give them uh, up on us. I'm like, yeah, it's, we're like twenty games. <laughs> I mean, it's just ha- not even halfway through the season. Like, why would you give up on you at this time? Why would you even say well, that? The really good thing for the for the Yankees is that people right now are locked in on Rangers. Are the Rangers still playing? We'll get to two lies and one cup upcoming and the Knicks, right? And, and frankly, the Aaron Rodgers story. So it's like, you know, it'll still be, it's a Yankees town, right? But right now it's like, all right, well just, you guys are fine. We'll figure that out. But yes, that, that was, that felt like a little bit of uh, need for attention. Like is, are people really bailing on the Yankees at 17 and 15? I don't think so. I don't think so either. All right, so the Angels got out of it, top of the ninth inning, and again, they have a runner at second base looking to add on. And so the, I mean, the Cardinals are bad. God, they're bad. Yikes. Really, really bad. And, and oh, yeah, by the way, like Mike Trout's not even playing. You know, you give up Jeez. 11 runs, 16 hits, and Mike Trout's not playing. Doug, is the, are the Cardinals one of those teams that you would say like have to be good? You know, they always have teams in the NFL and NBA like uh, the Lakers have to be good. It's good for basketball. Are the Cardinals one of those teams you think that kind of need to be good in the MLB, or are uh, they not? For your for your opinion? No, no, no. I I, I know. I'm I'm thinking about it for a second here. I would say. I mean, I think yes. Um, you know, the Mets are just okay so far. Like, okay, so in the National League, it's the world is better when that Northeast Corridor is good, right? Even the American League, too, right? Like, the Red Sox have been a little bit down the last couple of years. The Yankees are in, they're in last place in 17 15. Part of that is the, the Rays are awesome. Uh, but I think it's still the Yankees, Red Sox, uh, Cardinals, Dodgers. Who am I missing, Buyer? I Mets. think they're. <sighs> I think there are very few, you know, and it's funny because the Cubs like would be a brand, but they're tied to losing. Right. They're synonymous with like summer, good time. Yeah. So when we talk about brands, like honestly, I just thought Yankees, Dodgers and Red Sox for those three of where like when the Dodgers 
as a non-Dodger fan during the McCourt era, it was not good. It was it was awful. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even a Dodgers fan. Me neither, but I agree with you. Yeah. So so when I look at like those sort of teams, like I really only think it's you know really those those three when it comes to you kind of need those those teams to be good. It's interesting. Um, I just I offered this thought to. To Jay Stu a couple weeks ago when the Dodgers were not performing well. Now they're in first place. They won six in a row. Uh, they have the second best run differential in the National League to the to the Atlanta Braves. That it's possible, and he brought it up. Was it this week? What, it's Thursday. So yeah, it's this week. Sorry, they all run into each other. Um, <laughs> that you know you let. It's not just that you let your shortstop go, but you let one of the most athletic players in the sport go and the sport has become way more athletic. Like the rules change has changed this entire sport for the better. But these other teams were built for the, the last 10 years of baseball. And now all of a sudden, like everybody's trying to figure out, Oh my God, how do I fix my team? Like I, I'm, I, this, this is a discussion I had with, with Matt Holliday. I was like, dude, we because I was just trying to get to the, am I wrong that baseball is completely different? He's like, no. He's like, here's the, here's my thoughts to it. And I thought it was really good. And then I, and he, he believes that Mike Trout might be the greatest position player of all time. I was like, can you imagine Mike Trout five, 10 years ago, back when he could, would they let him steal bases because they weren't concerned about him getting hurt? In this era of baseball, where speed and athleticism is so much more valuable, he's like, oh my god, he would, you know, he would seventy-five stolen bases easy. But I, I think that's really there's a couple of things like, but I, I think the biggest thing in baseball is the sport has changed dramatically, and it's not like the NBA when the NBA changed the rules, it was always the first half of the season they call all the hand checks, and then as you got closer to the playoffs, it got back to a little bit more grab and hold, right? happens even now um they're still shooting way more threes and playing more open but they're not calling the hand checks nearly as much in baseball these aren't rules that can adjust kind of slide back you know regress to the mean if you will like increasing the size of the bases is going to increase the probability of stealing bases so i do think that that's here to stay like they're not changing the pitch clock to change you know once you get to the second half of the season so I think that, I mean, like this is a dramatic sea change in the sport. And I think that's why so many of the powers that were used to being good, Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals, they're struggling to adjust because you have these, you have guys, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, etc. These guys that have, they've hit one way and played one way and gotten huge contracts for, don't worry about striking out. Don't worry about, you know, hitting opposite field. You got the shift. You got to play, play around it. You know, hit home run, strike out or walk. And now everything's changed and they're less valuable in the field because you got to cover because you got to cover the whole field. It's really interesting. I don't know if fans, if mainstream, I think baseball fans are really into this. Am I wrong, buyer? Like, I think baseball, it's Jace, too. You guys are big baseball fans. I feel like everybody's really into it and, and this, this change and evolution of the sport. I don't know if mainstream fans understand how different it is. I think there's a point because of everything being so new. And I think the Cardinals are a perfect example where you are saying to yourself, how legitimate is this? And on the flip side, the Pirates may be the how legitimate 
uh, are the Pittsburgh Pirates. So if you are fans of those teams or your team is in that division, I think that is something that is carrying some interest. Now, it's not like that in every division, but when you do look at some of the standings of who's on top and who's not, uh, there are some newer names that we've seen. Now, the Dodgers have played good baseball and have now you know, risen to the top of that division, but you had Arizona there early. So I think that there is something to these first couple of months of the season where we are trying to find out if these changes that you talked about are really long-term or are these other teams going to be able to adjust and adapt? Mm. I don't know, interesting stuff. Uh, let, let's get to this. Uh, Joel Embiid played last night. Let's get to the NBA. Joel Embiid played last night. And I think it's a, a legit question. You go like, hey, are they actually worse when they play Joel Embiid? We've talked about this on this show. And the big thing for Jokic, Embiid, DeAndre Ayton, and to a lesser extent, Anthony Davis, because Anthony Davis can space out, shoot the ball from three. But we, we haven't – Anthony Davis is the only big, and he's like a converted power forward, really, right? But traditional centers or classic big guys, and I wouldn't put Anthony Davis in that variety per se, we haven't had an NBA champion where your leading scorer is that guy. So Embiid plays, and they play last night, and they get blown out. I mean, annihilated – by the Celtics. I'll give you my thoughts in a second. First, here's Charles Barkley on how different the 76ers were with Embiid. I do not like the fact that he was in there for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think James plays differently when Joel's out there. In my opinion, he's got a mental block. He's not nearly as aggressive. I mean, that was night and day from game one to game two. He plays totally different when Joel's out there. I, I would, If I was jo- uh, Joel, I'd say, James, do what you did Monday night. Don't worry about me. I know when the game's on the line, that's why I got the MVP trophy. Let me play defense and, and win a game in the fourth quarter. Um, I think that's fair. You know, it's fair. I, I would say, though, that, like, in, here's what last night was to me. Okay? Last night, to me, was a ramp-up game for Embiid. I understand that there's a thought, hey, rest him in another couple days, play him in Philadelphia, the energy of playing at home, MVP award, all that stuff, you'll get the best of Embiid. But the idea of sitting for a couple of weeks or a week and a half, two weeks, whatever, and coming back and playing, going zero to 100, that's hard. You got him just enough run. You know, it becomes like an active workout. I actually like that because that was a, you lose nothing by that game. Lose nothing. I also think that Barkley's right in that you can definitely tinker with the lineup and play small and encourage Harden to be more aggressive. Now, it should also be pointed out that the Celtics guarded him differently, that they made some adjustments. And some of it was because Embiid was playing, but some of it was because they adjusted and didn't switch as much, forced him to his right hand, forced him to drive to the right, you know, tried to stay away from, from fouling him. Um, and the Celtics shot the ball far better, especially off the bench. You know, you get, uh, what do they get, eight threes off the bench, nine threes off the bench. So I don't think, I, I think you can be better in one game, not better long term. I understand what Barkley's saying about James Harden playing and acting differently. But we also have to understand, I, James Harden hasn't shown, even at the peak of his career, to be able to carry a team to an NBA championship on his own. Why would we think he can do it now on his own later in his career for multiple games? Whereas Embiid, I do think he can carry this team. I don't think the Sixers are fine, but I do think they're in pretty good shape, not just having gotten home court, but having gotten one game under their belt with Embiid. 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get after it, shall we? When I want something. I like, is Jane's Addiction touring? I got to go. My daughter loves Jane's Addiction. You ever been to a Jane's Addiction concert, uh, Jay Stu? I think I saw him at a music festival in the 90s. I love that. I like, I like a little Jane's Addiction. What was the one that he started? Well, was was what? Yes. Yeah, he started Lollapalooza. I think I saw. I, I think I saw him there once. I went to Lollapalooza. I'm gonna think it was probably, and you have to look at the years. I think it was '89, '89 in outside of Chicago. Uh, my dad's college roommate at Ohio State. He wrestled at Ohio State. I got him Mike Barnett. Called my uncle Mike. He lives in uh, Phoenix now. He lives uh, listens to the show. Anyway, uh, you know we we drove. I forget how we got there. I think we drove from like Pittsburgh there. It was like our summers where we fly to New York and then we go visit some of his old friends and drive back and fly back from Chicago. Anyway, that was the first time I saw Pearl Jam as well. Might have been late. Might have been 15, but I'm thinking 14, 15. You have to look at the Lollapalooza, but I'd be interested in Jane's Addiction. I know they 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 started that music festival. I had no idea. First lost Lollapalooza in 1991. So there you go. It was not 89. 91. I would love to know who played in the 91 Lollapalooza. I just learned that Discover, I just learned that Lollapalooza started in 91, and I just learned that Discover Credit Cards does something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash you've earned. That's right. 
Everything you've earned doubled to cash back from trips, restaurants, all doubled. Seriously, though, see terms. Check it out for yourself. Discover.com slash match. Shall we play Two Lies, One Cup? Now, it's time for Two Lies, One Cup. Oh, we talked the hockey, eh? Okay, so here's Two Lies, One Cup. We cover the National Hockey League. Unlike any other sports radio program. No, really, it's unlike any other. We have three stories. Two of which are lies. One is a real story from the Stanley Cup playoffs. John Ramos listens to these three stories. He knows the truth. He sees the truth. He seeks the truth. He tells us the truth. Let's begin. We go to Pierre. Uh, John, a five different a Carolina Hurricane scored a goal, including Seth Jarvis, in a 5-1 game one victory over the devil. Actually, this is the right one, John. Listen carefully. Five different Carolina Hurricanes scored goals, including Sal Wami, in a 5-1 Game 1 victory over the New Jersey Devils. Five different Carolina Hurricanes scored goals, including Bob Wire, in a 5-1 Game 1 victory over the New Jersey Devils. Okay. Mm. John Ramos. The, the best part of these three different ones is that the one I didn't understand at all from Pierre, because I couldn't understand one word he was saying, is the actually the truth. Uh, it's actually the truth one. My, my accent. <laughs> Why is that? Why do you think it's the truth? Well, because salami. <laughs> it is the sal salami. Salami would be incorrect. So I think Jason's was incorrect. Name. My name is <laughs> salami. He's from Finland, John. <laughs> and then uh, I, I want to say Bob Dwyer. Bob, was it Bob Weir of the Grateful Dead? Bob Dwyer. Okay. Bob Wire. Okay. Bob like the fence. Yeah. Bob, <laughs> Bob Dwyer. So, Pierre, even though I didn't understand any of the words he was saying, is actually the correct one of tonight's or today's one. Two cups. That is two correct. Two lies, one cup. Yes. You did get this one right, John. Thank you. Good job. Seth Jarvis. Seth Jarvis, and uh, just to update you tonight, the Panthers take on the Leafs. The Panthers have a one-game-to-none series lead in the East second round. The West second round, the Kraken. You're giving away information, John. Or Doug, you're giving away information to John. Well, we this don't is... know the final scores of these. We're just, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Sounds like Dory. He's going to oh, okay. <laughs> forget. He's going to forget. Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. The Eagles signed Jalen Carter to his rookie deal. The first first-rounder to do so. He was the ninth overall pick by Philadelphia in the draft. Bill's going to begin construction on their new facility right now. Yes, final documents signed this afternoon. New stadium should open in 2026. Alabama fired baseball coach Brad Bohannon on the heels of an investigation into wagers made in an Ohio sports book involving the team last week in a game against LSU. Nationals top the Cubs 4-3. Alex Call, a walk-off home run, won it for the Nats. Tigers homer twice in the first off Justin Verlander. It's all they needed. They won by a score of 2-0. Raised on the Pirates 3-2. Randy Orozarena home run, number 8 on the season. And the Cardinals lost to Doug's Angels. Halos win it by a score of 11-7, sweeping the three-game set in St. Louis. Doug, back to you. Hey. Huh? 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 How about those Angels? Um... I think we have some new theme music for Mark Medina. 
What do you think, Mark? Mark Medina joins us, Fox Sports Radio NBA Insider. <laughs> Mark, this is your new theme song. Doug, I've never heard of it ever, but I love the thought of it. Wait, what? No, no, no. In, in all seriousness, I, I this has been many a times my walk-up music, but... It hits deeply, and I love it every single time. So keep okay, doing nice. it. <laughs> all right, good, good enough. Um, all right, let, let's uh, let's begin with the series everybody's talking about. Okay, there's tonight. You have LeBron and the Lakers game two against the Warriors, who just lost home court advantage. There's a lot to get to. Let, let's start with the Lakers, and they really went for it, right? LeBron huge minutes, Anthony Davis huge minutes. Any cause for concern for the rest of the series with the fatigue that's built in based upon those minutes? I think there very well could be because uh, they're playing every other day now. And now while there are advantages uh, compared to the Memphis series that the travel itineraries a lot lighter, you know, shorter flights, in-state, all that, that turnaround time is no joke. But I think the Lakers' thought process for game one was, hey, this is, this is their chance to uh, swing a good punch and hit. And they certainly did. But when you talk to the Warriors, like, it's not like they were phased by it. I think that it was very much kind of this feel-out game. And I don't want to say that they threw it. They competed. But they also took the bigger picture and perspective that these playoff series always have a life of its own. And I think it's one of these things. Buckle up. It's a seven-game series. I think the Warriors win game two because of the things I outlined. But as far as, you know, the question that you presented about fatigue, it very well could be a factor, but I'm just really intrigued on just how all the different pieces on the chessboard move in this presumed seven-game series, but I think first game, the Lakers just felt they had to bring their best stuff where the Warriors felt, hey, they want to compete, but they also want to you know, use this as a feel-out game for data for a potential adjustments down the line. I think we all know that at end of the day, the Warriors are going to have to play small to win, right? That's that that feels like a reality. Uh, but in the meantime, will we see Jonathan Kaminga? Like it's been really weird his his usage. Will we see Jonathan Kaminga? Because they do need more size and athleticism inside. Yeah, well, I think that's going to be one of the adjustments that Steve Kerr might go with game two or maybe down the series with having Kaminga on AD. But I think, to your point about Jonathan Kaminga, he's just been very feast or famine as a young player. On one hand, the Warriors have been really intrigued with his positional versatility and athleticism. But then there's other plays where, you know, he just makes plays where he ends up on Shaq in a full as opposed to a highlight reel. And so I think that there's very much these tentative feelings of, okay, do we trust him enough, not even to play 10, 15 minutes, but even limited spurts? And it's one of those things where they don't want to experiment with that in the playoffs, right? And I think it's also telling that they hesitated experimenting with that in certain times a big regular season games. But I know that that's one of many things that the Warriors will likely do. Um, but I think to your to the larger point that you make about the small lineup, it's an interesting dichotomy because the Warriors really love Draymond Green for obvious reasons because of his defensive credentials. They really love Kevon Looney. Steve Curry even said that he's one of the better setters of the NBA, at least defensively. But when you pair those guys together, that spacing really shrinks. So I wouldn't be surprised that they start staggering their minutes away so that they don't go on top of each other. Yep, it's really hard to play two that can't shoot. That's just the way yeah. it goes. And, um, and you know, obviously they're going to have to give up something to Anthony Davis out of the size against Draymond or the athleticism when he goes against uh, Kevon Looney. Um, I, 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 publicly, no one said a bad word about Jordan Poole's shot, and he had hit six threes in the game. 
I thought it was there was nothing wrong with the shot other than he probably should have stepped in as he caught it. It's called ball in the air, feet in the air. Uh, but privately, what are the feelings? Yeah, uh, I think when I saw it in real time, I scratched my head. But as I rewatched it, I think it was a good shot. The only issue I had was that I thought that given the fact that he was wide open and that there was nine seconds on the shot clock, I think that he had some time to get better positioning, maybe move a little bit closer. But I think the bigger picture that you hit on, it was totally fine that he took it. He was shooting well that game, making six shots. He is wide open, so that shot's a better shot than even Steph Curry facing double teams far away. Um, you know, I know that Jordan Poole philosophically, he sometimes frustrates the Warriors with how he is kind of feast or famine with uh, his shot selection. But in that case, it wasn't the most egregious example. And again, he's wide open. So if I had to scrutinize, maybe use a little bit of a second to get a better shot. But again, he was open from the cup. And uh, it's very rare in NBA real time that you have that kind of luxury. It does feel like the Nuggets are the best team. And the road seems to have been made easier with the Chris Paul injury. What's the, like, what, is the, what are the options for the Suns when you don't have Chris Paul and you know, your backup point guard can't make a shot and campaign does not look like a starter? Yeah, it, they don't really have any options. I mean, as much as the Suns, you know, won five games against the Clippers, seeing that in real time, it sent some red flags that Monty Williams really needed to lean on his starters to play heavy minutes and produce at such a high number to beat a Clippers team that didn't have Kawhi Leonard for part of the series and Paul George for all of it. So some of this might not be surprising, but I also thought that if these issues were going to come to full bloom, it would be much later in the playoffs, not in the second round. And so where the Suns go from here, it's not easy answers because at the end of the day, I still think that they made the right deal getting Kevin Durant, even if they gave up a lot of depth. And even knowing Mikael Bridges is just remarkably durable, great two-way player. I thought at the time, you know, when you look at where they were in the standings, they were fifth. I didn't feel like they were going anywhere. And part of it had to do with Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton having over overlapping injuries, and they weren't having the same kind of bench support that they had in past seasons. And in the first round of the playoffs, Monty's trying to find guys that can be some good bench players. And, you know, he had some spot opportunities with, you know, like a Damian League or a Josh Okogie, but nothing fundamental that would relieve the pressure from Kevin Durant and Devin Booker from having to have 30, 40 point nights just to be able to win. So, yeah, it just seems like it's inevitable that this is going to be a short series, both because the Suns are underhanded, but out of respect for Denver, they've also been playing incredible basketball. I mean, Nikola Jokic is obviously a two-time MVP for a reason. They have a healthy Jamal Murray that's looked like he was in the bubble, and they had a lot of depth and great coaching under Michael Malone that, you know, this is a team that you have to take seriously, not just with this series, but moving forward, even knowing that they will face either Golden State or the Lakers in the next round. It, it is fascinating that, Devin, that, that this is the second straight team Kevin Durant's gone to that won, plagued by injuries in the playoffs and a lack of depth yeah. uh, be, because of it. I'm, I'm interested if he uses TJ Warren. I mean, he needs more scoring, and T.J. Warren gives them more scoring. But for whatever reason, he chooses, you know, not to. He's only played two games in the playoffs. I just, you know, let Booker and Durant be your ball handlers, and let T.J. Warren be a third scoring option. But again, I, I don't know how that how that works with everything that they do. Uh, let's 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 go to the East. Uh, Embiid as the MVP. Did you have a vote this year? 
I did not have a vote, uh, but I normally have a vote. But yeah, I mean, I can entertain. Uh, if, if you MVP. if you had one, if you had one, one through three, who would you vote it? Yeah, tough tough decision, but I would have voted Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Nikola Jokic. But I think the thing I have to stress here to you, Doug, and everyone else listening, is that. I was jumbling the order of those three guys in any combination because the the margin of difference was so slight. And I remember as I was kind of finalizing, just not for a vote, an actual vote, but just my thought process of who I would have, one GM that I talked to when I polled that person, they paused for like a minute and a half and said, yeah, it's really hard. Uh, And then he went in his explanation. He actually had the same order, but he he chose Shea Gilgis-Alexander is third and had a Jokic. But I think the spirit of it is that there was very little separation. But why I chose Joel Embiid more available this season, I felt offensively he expanded his game uh, even more in being a pick-and-pop guy and a facilitator for James Harden beyond you know his post presence. And then defensively, he's been the best defensive big in the last few years. So I just felt like he had the complete package where you know Giannis still, I think, checked all boxes, but he's not an elite out Side shooter, and you know he was out for a few games here or there during the regular season. Nikola Jokic, I think, was the same type of player, but you know if I have to split hairs, I think Joel Embiid's a better player defensively than Nikola Jokic. But you know, all great candidates and certainly tough decisions. Uh, okay, so obviously the Sixers win without him, Game One. They they lose with him big with him Game Two. What's Game Three look like? Yeah, it's really interesting because the Boston Celtics have left me very conflicted. On one hand, I think they have, the, I, I think they've solved the Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, how they coexist scenario since the middle of last season. They have a lot of depth. I think Joe Mazzulla's got a lot of good coaching, but they've had this Jekyll and high personality where if they don't feel challenged, they play down to their competition, they lose. And to have that attitude game one against the Sixers without Joel Embiid, like it's one thing to do that regular season, but not in the playoffs. And I think in fairness to the Sixers, they've showed that you know they're a better team than maybe what they look like on paper from a depth perspective. And now that Joel Embiid is back uh, and he got his, you know, I think his wind under him, uh, you know, in Game Two, I expect that this can be a series that goes neck and neck. I would think that the advantage is to Boston, but you know, I'm really torn on where the series is going to go because I think the Sixers have overachieved so far in the postseason. Um, all right, what about the other one? The Knicks and the Heat. Uh, Jimmy Butler not playing Game Two. I mean, all these series feel the same, obviously, except for Denver and Phoenix, where that home team, the home team, loses home court in the first game. I I still like the Knicks. Am I crazy? Well. You're, no, you're not crazy, first of all. But secondly, I think that Jimmy Butler goes without saying he's a game changer. And as much as I you know, uh, really praise the Knicks' resilience and how Jalen Brunson played toward the end of the game in Game 2, I mean, you can't ignore it. Jimmy Butler not being on the floor is an X factor. But I think that beyond that, the Knicks and the, and the Heat have this common resiliency and you know, bring-your-lunch-pail-to-work uh, to mentality great coaching, great depth, you know, great team chemistry, great defensively that you can really flip a coin, but I think because of how evenly matched both of these teams are from all those different qualities, I feel like obviously Jimmy Butler's availability or lack thereof is going to tilt the scale, but look, the Knicks have overachieved all season and I think in also fairness they've also showed that they are the real deal as far as how 
good of a number one guy Jalen Brunson is, how well Tom Thibodeau is coaching under the style that he has of that grinded out mentality. And Julius Randle, you know, he's on a better side of health after dealing with his ankle stuff. You can't discount the Knicks even uh, if Jimmy Butler's on the floor. Mark, you're the best, man. Uh, really appreciate you joining us. Look forward to hearing your thoughts and your insight and inside details when you join us next. Appreciate you being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate you always, Doug, and keep playing that intro music. Always sound new to me. All right. Uh, he played it off. I was like, really? That's the first time you heard that? No way. The funky cold Mark M- Medina. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Guys, have you seen what the Nationals do with guys hit a home run like Alex Call? They put on one of those uh, 1700s uh, wigs like the George Washington War. Have you seen that? That's what, like, when they put it on their head when they come to the dugout? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody does, everybody has some little hat or some little thing they do. Or a jacket. Do. Yes, they do, the, they do the old 1700 wig and then they give them like <laughs> a little American flag. I like that. That's actually kind of cool. I guess. I'm not and too fond the of the Angels centers. one. What's the Angels one? They put a samurai helmet on. No, what's the matter with a samurai helmet? What's the matter with a samurai helmet? What would what would your choice be if your team was like, hey, John, we need something when we hit a home run? Right, I like what that. they were doing before because they would put they would they would put a uh, cowboy hat on, and cowboy. I thought that was a that was an homage to Gene Autry, who was the original owner of the Angels. So I thought that was cool. I don't know why they changed the samurai helmet. Uh, maybe an homage to 
to Shohei Otani, who's soon to be a former angel. Maybe there you go. I'm not sure. Bingo. Let's get to the press. All right, Dan Byer, what do you got, buddy? Who was the uh, baseball team that had the noggin boss hat? Was it the Guardians? I can't remember who it was. I think so. It's still weird to hear Guardians, by the way. And then they they were told that they could not because of Major League Baseball's deal with New Era. Right. Uh, by the way, your Brewers up ten, four nothing right now in the Rockies. Oh, that's why. <laughs> why not? Uh, first part of the series has not gone well, but you'd understand the Rockies are good. It's a tough park to score runs. Um, you could understand why they would have troubles. Uh, of it's, course, it's that's a, all it's sarcasm. Sarcasm. It's sarcasm. Absolutely. Rockies stink. It's an easy park to score runs. <laughs> Wade Miley uh, pitching pitching well. Yeah, it's uh, and just to. Uh, yeah, they lost 7-1 and 3-2 in the first huh. two games of the series. Huh. They saw after losing to the Angels, 3 nothing. So offense mm-hmm. has been an issue. Uh, you just mentioned huh. it. Uh, Cubs, yeah, lost 3-4 or four to the Nationals. All right, uh, this is what we've been waiting for. And there have been signs, there have been rumors, there have been talks. But now even a Hall of Famer is confirming it. Uh, Warren Moon, uh, speaking with Kay Adams on FanDuel TV, confirmed that the uh, Tennessee Titans will be bringing back the Euler uniforms yes. for 2023. You saw members of the front office and ownership wearing Euler's hats during the draft. Uh, you even saw a draft pick uh, announcement. I forgot who made it for the Titans, but wearing an Euler's, not a starter pullover jacket like we did, but like those uh, button-ups, you know, where it just says Oilers across. And now Warren Moon confirming that not only will the Titans be wearing Oiler uniforms in 2023, they could do it against the team that is now in Houston and the Houston Texans. And the Texans get one of those awful uh, Letterman jacket that was the last time they were good, they wore. And they went to New England and got bombed. Anybody remember that? Oh, yes. That's hysterical. <laughs> hysterical. They still haven't lived that one down. No. No, literally, that was the last time they were good. Yes. Uh, the Buffalo Bills getting a brand new stadium, something that we've talked about, but the construction will now start immediately, Doug, as the $1.4 billion stadium will now open in 2026. I, I guess the only, like, I love the idea it's going to be open air, but God, it seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> idea. Uh, why not put it, I guess the cost is the only thing you don't put a retractable roof on it. I don't know. Yes, that's exactly why. Yep. And if you're in Buffalo, listen, Buffalo is not going to be in the running for Final Fours. They're not going to be in the running for a Super Bowl. So to have a retractable roof really wouldn't make that much sense. You're right. It's a it's a it's a great point. It's so like it, what, what it's the cost benefit analysis to it. Yes. You know. And it becomes, you know, it becomes your thing. Like, hey, we're still playing. Like, it, it feels like the Bears are going to build. They're going to build a dome, right? And we'll still be the open air. Us in Green Bay will be the open air people. Doug, former Michigan center Hunter Dickinson, finally made his decision. He announced today that he is transferring to Kansas to play for Bill Self and the Jayhawks. It, it makes sense to me. You, you can't go to Maryland and play in the Big Ten when you played at Michigan. That just does. That just feels icky. Plus, you want to go to a higher level. That's Kentucky and Kansas. And I think Kansas makes more sense. You got a star point guard who's a true point guard, gets you the ball. You know Kansas is going to be good. Both are Hall of Fame coaches. 
I think it makes sense. And finally, some more details are starting to come out about Alabama's uh, in the firing of baseball coach Brad Bohannon. Give it Ken- to me. Kendall Rogers, uh, D1Baseball.com, saying that the investigation is centering around Alabama, scratching a pitcher just hours before Friday start. And the possible bets that were wagered on that game include a money line bet and a parlay. LSU was favored uh, straight up minus 245 in that game. That's where the investigation is uh, centering around. Listen, I mean, we're, I'm very open with this. Sports gambling is going to be our future here on sports radio and sports television. But, uh, you know, when it intercedes with people actually playing the sports, that's when you're around some nefarious people. Like, that guy will never work in sport again if he's truly linked to this thing. And it feels like it based upon the fact he's already fired. Hey, get out there and press. That was the uh, press. Warriors, Lakers tonight. Dan Byer, who you got? Warriors. Uh, Warriors, Lakers tonight. Chase, too, who you got? Yeah, well, I think Warriors. Ramos? Lakers. Ooh. We need to stop this discussion about Steph surpassing LeBron on the Mount Rushmore. Stug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.